Welcome to the Cult of Domesticity podcast, a podcast about history, true crime, and whatever life brings us. I'm Courtney, and every week I am joined by another fascinating person. Let's see what we're going to talk about this week. Welcome back, devotees. We have a new episode this week, although I have personally determined that 2019 is canceled, (laughs) just for self-preservation's sake, you know. Two deaths at the beginning of the year doesn't forebode well. Oh no, year 2019 is going to be my 2012. I'm so sorry. Oh, I've already, uh, I think (laughs) 2010 or 2011 was also like this. As long as I don't have to go to two funerals in one day again. Oh yeah, there's that. I'm doing fine. (laughs) Did did that sound believable? (laughs) Yeah, that was really plausible. I really got it. You uh, sold that. You sold that I, hard. <laughs> so, first, I'm going to do some Patreon shoutouts. Ashley, feel free to make any happy noises at the end of this. And if you're interested in supporting us on Patreon, check out the episode description or really any social media or website. It's up there. It's not Let Me Know. I'm a one-woman program. So, these are just in alphabetical order. We have Alex Kirk from the Mysteries and Urban Legends podcast. We have Bonnie Lee from Writing About Crime. So good. (laughs) You sound so enthusiastic. I'm really selling it too, right? Yeah. Very believable. We have Erica. We have Kate from Ignorance Was Bliss. Yay. And then we have Justin from Obscura, a true crime podcast the realist he is the realist so thank you guys and i appreciate all of your support for this one woman band i wear many hats i wear all the hats how do you fit them all on your head talent and balance are you no i'm just picturing you as medusa with like different hats on the end of each snake like in monsters inc with his girlfriend i wouldn't be opposed plus you turn men to stone when they look at you like that's that could be complimentary, no? I don't know how I feel about this. I, I'm digging it. <laughs> I like the imagery. Okay, well, you make that. Yes, I will. Thank you. Ashley, do you know what we're going to talk man. about? I do, but I'm going to let you lead them into it because I'm going to be too excited up front, and then, like, it'll be a whole thing, so. We did have a couple correct guesses on this. I can't remember right now, but I appreciate you. <laughs> Someone just named the beer. And I was like, yas. <laughs> I should have stopped on my way home to get it. We're going to discuss the Cuyahoga River fire. I yes. should say fires. Yeah, there was more than one. Technically, there were 13. Oh, as long so as you're not excited. counting the, big, the bigger ones were 13. Like, right. Major conflagrations. I mean, anything over one time for a body of water catching on fire is excessive but I appreciate the dedication that Cleveland puts into its flaming river. We don't half-ass two things. We whole-ass one thing. <laughs> Ron one Swanson. Thing is spitting in the face of God and nature. Yeah, it's fine. We rebuilt our city. It's cool. Proceed with the burning river. So, the Cuyahoga River and its tributaries, we're going to give some river facts, drain 813 square miles of land and six counties is 100 miles long. 
<laughs> it begins in Hamden, Ohio, which I had never heard of. And it's in Geauga County, where my parents live. So, and where we started this podcast. Never have been there. Sounds like a made-up town. No, it's probably Amish country. I'm not going to lie. That's fair. Uh, at certain times during the 20th century, it was one of the most polluted rivers in the United States. I don't know who awards this, but I'm assuming the award is just a biohazard barrel. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that has something to do with it being on fire. I don't know what you mean about that. I don't think the pollution was the fire problem. Science is hard. (laughs) (laughs) So it got so bad that the reach, so the portion between Akron to Cleveland, was completely devoid of fish. That's normal. No fish. Totally normal. Completely fine. Why would you need fish? Yeah. They just Uh, get in the way for where you're trying to swim. Rude. Yeah, I don't think people were swimming in the, the river or the lake. I kind of still refuse to swim in the lake. <laughs> I mean, I feel like maybe they should have, and then this wouldn't be a problem. You we would have real life tuber here. Like, also, yes. But, like, if you stir up the solution, then it can't just float on the top and become an inferno. Besides the real-life superheroes we're going to get from that, it was it, it, that still is not a good idea. <laughs> I said, that sounds fake, but okay. Uh, 1968 Kent State... University Symposium described one section of the river and it's a thousand feet below the lower Harvard Bridge to Newburgh and the South Shore Railroad Bridge where really the river goes into the lake. The depth, they hold the depth by dredging. So basically Mm -hmm. making the river deep enough for boats. And they had noticed that the surface was covered with a brown oily film observed upstream as far as southerly plant effluent on top of that there are large quantities of black heavy oil floating in slicks sometimes several inches thick frequently see maybe it's just because i'm used to the charles but like that seems normal no i don't think it is i mean it doesn't sound like cause for alarm or you know environmental overhaul or anything no seems fine so the Velocity is negligible, so not really happening. And the sludge accumulates on the bottom. There is no animal life. Only algae oscatoria grows along the piers above the waterline. That's how bad it is. Nothing grows in the water. Everything's growing above the waterline. They're like, get us the fuck away. So, like, real talk. How much of this river is, like, percentage-wise, is actual water and how much is just straight environmental pollution? Like, what do you think the mix is? Are we talking 60-40, 80-20? But, like, 80 being water, 80 being growth. 80 not being water. Okay. Good. That's that's Based on my reading, that's what it seems like. Excellent. Let's put it this way. I watched uh, oral history done, and the guy said, the, the interviewee said, we all knew that if you fell into the the river or the lake you would go to the emergency room right away what what yes you know what no (laughs) i have nothing to add okay i'm gonna continue with this kent state study (laughs) the color changes from the color changes from gray brown to rusty brown as the river proceeds upstream so it gets less gross upstream transparent say less gross i would say different gross uh 
Transparency is less than half a foot in this reach. The, the entire reach is grossly polluted. Ew. So How do you feel right now? Almost as dirty as that river. What? <laughs> you can't see six inches in front of your face? Yeah, no. Like, if for whatever wait, wait, reason wait. you were to submerge yourself into it, because, if I don't you... know, death wish or whatever, like, what? It, that, oh, what? You would turn into the Joker. You want to know how I got these scars? That fucking river. <laughs> it it cut me. Literally, the river fought me. me. <laughs> it cut me deep. So... <laughs> We have, um, well, there was so much contamination in the soil in and around the river that it had to be removed in order to bring back basic life. There was a time when 100% of the soil dredged out was contaminated and had to be taken to a confined disposal facility, end quote. You okay? No. <laughs> no. So, so, so they mm-hmm. just, like, I'm picturing them going through the river with, like, a giant colander but like all no, the a, chemicals that they wait first I, do you know just, do you know what a dredging ship looks like clearly no because i'm picturing again a giant colander uh there's a couple different kinds i watched them dredge the mouth of the columbia this summer wow that makes me sound fancy uh, <laughs> look at you Spending literally days watching them dredge stuff I would just walk into one part of the museum and it's like, oh, there is the dredge. And people would be like, why is that boat not moving? So I answered that question 20 times a day. Uh, but that one was a, it was a split hull. So it looks like a, like a, any really, it's a ship. It's a very large ship. But the hull cracks open. And then imagine what the Jim Carrey Grinch, how he stole the presents with the the hose. Uh huh. It would suck up the dirt until it gets full, and this is how they do it on the Columbia. It would get full enough, then they close it and they move somewhere and then drop it. But in this case, they filled it up and then took it somewhere to I don't know. Stop being disgusting. Real talk. Do you think that they then use the chemical waste from the river to make like? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like bioweapons or some shit? That is a horrible idea. Like, Why would like, you put that out in the world? Why would you put that out in the world? Clearly I'm possessed by this ghost of Dick Cheney. I don't know. But like, I feel like that would be an efficient way to just go around living your life as a giant dick. But like, that's kind of what we do. So, you know. Real question, is Dick Cheney alive or dead? I could not care any less i have no idea i'm assuming he's alive but somehow still dead technically alive though he doesn't have a heart legitimately (laughs) well there is that let's get to fire i am the god of hell fire no okay move on (laughs) (sighs) so the fire started early in 1868 so this river burned for about 100 years with at least 13 reported. Separate instances? Or like 13 people saw it that day? No, that's 13 separate fires. Oh, okay. All right. Over 100 years. That's fires big enough to actually uh, report. Who knows? There could have been smaller fires. Baby fires. I'm just picturing like this tiny, maybe like 
six inch round fire just floating down the river and someone sees it and they're like, mm, it's probably fine. And they don't report it. And then like nothing happens. It just burns itself out. By the way, when the river is this dirty, the Cleveland torso murder is happening as well. Of course. <laughs> just because for your... It's terrible all at once. Cleveland. And then our secret they motto. Together. At least we're not Detroit. <laughs> Oh my god, I love it. Because who knows how many times I made you watch that stupid fucking video. Oh my god. That's a great video, though. So, in uh, 1881, the then Cleveland mayor, Renassler, that's a great name, R. Herrick, proclaimed that it was an open sewer. It's a river. And we're fine with that. You know, it's the biggest river in our city. It's a sewer. That's fine. You know, with oh. oily scums in the view of, like, a refinery and a storage tank near Kingsbury Run, a.k.a. the Torso Murderous Playground. It's good to see that, like, some shit doesn't change. Yeah. On top of that, uh, our good friends, the Rockefellers, had a standard oil company refinery there at 2735 Broadway, southeast, on the southeast uh, side did. of the bank. And they had two long-distance pipe terminating into the river. Because industry. Progress. I was just going to say progress. Fucking the people oh. up the ass. That should be my first tattoo. <laughs> industry. Progress. Unwanted anal rape. <laughs> you, you know why they have... The last one's kind of an oxymoron. Anyway, all right. Oh, wait, I got quick. Why did they have two pipes going from the refinery into the river, you asked? You didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you. Sometimes one is just not enough. Uh, No, because the common practice at the early times of refining oil was to dump unusual... I'm not even drunk. Unusual... (laughs) (laughs) I already don't like this. (laughs) Unusable... Third time's the charm. So Portions. Seven of, times, maybe? You can't I'm see sorry. what I'm doing, but you know what I am. I'm sorry, I know. Unusable portions of refined crude oil, including gasoline, by the way, into nearby creeks and rivers. I mean, before the EPA, this country was just a fucking nightmare. Oh, we'll get to the fucking EPA. Oh, boy. <laughs> that sounds promising. Rockefeller reported that, quote, thousands and hundreds of thousands of barrels of it floated down the creeks and rivers, and the ground was saturated with it, and the it, in the constant effort to get rid of it, end quote. Just absorb it. How about not? I mean, I love that he says that as if we're going to feel sorry for him. Like, oh, your job is so hard that you have to keep finding new ways to fuck over our environment. How terrible for you. Like, no. And, you know, now in like Latin American countries, in the rainforest, we just use it to damp down the ground so it's not dusty. That's a fact. Get mad. Christ. Yeah, it's a great time. Why Why would regular water not work for that? Because why you use regular water? Down. Why use regular uh, water when this will keep the, the, you know, the dust and the dirt together? Also, it slowly poisons the indigenous people who are trying to stop you from fracking and doing these harmful things to their home. Oh, 
my god yeah i'm gonna rage eat my own cell phone right now um please don't because that's how we're recording this (laughs) so thank you for having that be your only concern with the fact (laughs) that i'm gonna eat a several hundred dollar cell phone thank you yeah i should be more concerned on what's gonna go into your body but at that point i'm just like if you're gonna do it you're gonna do it but please do it after this uh okay oh my god so the river is basically fucked over by its strategic position on being convenient for you know the city several cities and accurate like akron canton cleveland and other ones along the river river's just asking for it too convenient so uh the city don't worry figure it out a way to help this out fire boats i was worried how did you know fire boats that could either be very good or incredibly fucking stupid. And what do I have you a think feeling of- is I have a feeling it's incredibly fucking stupid. What do you think a fireboat is, Ashley? I'm assuming it goes around lighting fires because that's America. I'm just now picturing Thomas the tank engine on Bodie McBoatface, just with like a fire, <laughs> like a spout, like a like a yeah. World War One level flamethrower happening oh that's beautiful yeah but no good image it's not that okay good it is uh boats to put out fires there is a picture in your lovely um folder i sent you that's just titled river fire i mean i just want to point out we're 43 minutes into this phone call and we're just now getting to the first thing that isn't completely terrible oh it's gonna get worse Everything's oh, I, on fire. <laughs> there, oh, there's, no. You can find some pictures of the, you know, the fireboats. They look actually. Actually, I'm gonna let you describe a fireboat. What do they look like? So it, I mean, it looks to me like a overgrown tugboat with just like you no. Know, when you go to the Grand Canyon, they have like the things that you can look out and it like moves. It's kind of like that, but instead of binoculars, it's like a, a hose. Yeah, pretty much. It looks yeah. like they have giant super soakers on an overgrown tugboat. Yeah. Right. I mean, who doesn't love that? Not me. So let's get into the mo- fires. We've, we set the stage okay. on the fires. Beautifully, I might add. Thank you, I try. Nailed it. Oh, wait. We're gonna, I have a drinking game for you, Ashley. Okay. Every time I say the word fire, take a drink. Fuck oh, no, I'm gonna die. <laughs> you think I met you yesterday? I know how this goes. <gasps> okay. I'm sorry you did not accept my challenge, but I accept it <laughs> a little bit. The Cuyahoga River burned as early as 1868, but the first major fire that occurred was the Standard, Standard Oil Refinery and uh, surrounding properties February 1883. The Cleveland Press, which is the former counterpart to the Cleveland Plain Dealer, still around, great newspaper, um, had an account of the fire, which was reported while the blaze is still happening. The headline was, quote, furious flames. There's two exclamation points, end quote. That's aggressive, but I like it. They continued on with, like, subheadings that flash photo. Fast floating fire set off with the most ter- terrific explosions at the refinery, with tank after tank still blowing up. 
I wish we used terrific as an adjective still, but like not as a positive thing. Yeah. I just like the fast floating fire. We have a fire at a refinery that's exploding and continuing. Then a decade later, on Friday, February 2nd, 1893, Cleveland was suffering from some weather. You know, it's getting warmer. It's raining, melting the snow. So you got a lot of water. So the city is flooding. And Mm -hmm. the Cuyahoga River is flooding. And the valley is flooding. On top of the flats, which is where it's along the river. How to describe the flats? Are they flat? Well, it's along the river. It's along the river right by the lake. And it's where there used to be a lot of warehouses and stuff like that. I mean, the land's kind of flat. I don't know how it got its name, but <laughs> the first couple times I went to the flats as a teenager, it looked like a Scooby Doo ghost town. Yes. Because. Like, I think it was, like, in the mid-90s, the flats were, like, the hop in place to go party, and then it moved to West Six, but now there's some breweries there, so it's really nice, because the river's nice again. It's a good time. I recommend it if you go down to Cleveland. One of the most Ohioan things I've ever heard. Where where are we going to go get drunk? Let's go to the river flats. Just the flats. Not the river flats. Just the flats. Clearly, I'm not from Cleveland. Last time I went, it was great. There was the brewery we went to had bocce ball, or as Slovenians say, bolinsa. So, you know, let's get drunk and throw really heavy balls at, like, to aim. It could be worse. You could be firing guns. We could be firing flamethrowers into a formerly combustible river. (laughs) You know what? I vote for that. (laughs) So, the flats, the river are all at flood levels, and then there was a fire! What? That began at Schumer and Diggle, Diggle Refinery. Yeah, that's a great name. You know what? You think, it's flooding? That's gotta dilute shit. But... Fall. Waste from standard oil, a standard oil source upstream on Kingsbury Run, you know, the Torso Murderer's favorite hangout, I mean, that neighborhood is just the worst. I mean, there is Jackass Hill over there, too. Beautiful name for a hill. So that that, uh, waste oil had been leaking for hours into the flooded river. What do we know about oil, Ashley? Not much. (laughs) I know it doesn't mix with water. It doesn't mix with water. And clearly your mother is not a chemist like mine is and did not tell you she likes the smell of motor oil in the morning. That's fine. She is not. Highly flammable, you know, oil. It is. Mm, I do vaguely recall that now. You know, when you see videos of people using gasoline to start fires and then they spill it on the grass and then they set their grass on fire and things explode and yeah. So <laughs> Cleveland's know, fire. Fire. It happens. That's Smokey's new, lo- new slogan. Fire. Sometimes it just happens. Please don't burn down a California town. Thanks. Okay, bye. Great <laughs> Cleveland's greatest disasters reported, quote, one by one, nine enormous standard oil storage tanks, each containing from five to 16,000 barrels of oil, kerosene, or gasoline blew up 
over the next 12 hours, adding thousands of additional lethal gallons to the inflammable torrent, inflammable torrent rushing d- towards downtown Cleveland. At one point, no fewer than seven oil tanks were burning at once, end quote. I mean, I thought the molasses spill in Boston was a crazy story, but this is, this is next level. Can you imagine how loud that would have been? Not just like the explosion, but like the fire itself. Oh, yeah. Oh, it would make the worst s'mores. Also, yeah, that burn your marshmallow right away. I was just thinking of all the stuff it would put into your s'more and then you'd clearly become a mutant or die of cancer. I mean, I assumed everyone was thinking of that, so I went for the other thing, but also that, yeah. <laughs> so this blaze, reminder, it had flooded. So there's a lot of extra water. Went on for three so days. Much, so much free real estate for the fire. Well, water would dilute it, so it shouldn't... But, like, more surface area. Someone do an experiment, but not like Roy from the IT crowd when he was trying to figure out how the sea parks <laughs> caught fire. <laughs> <laughs> and accidentally setting their office on fire. Why isn't this working? Made in Great Britain. Fire! Yeah, you sent uh, us an email about the fire. What saved Cleveland, you asked? You didn't, but I'm going to tell you. <laughs> they had a blocking action of a jammed up culvert, and there were a lot of firemen fighting this fire. So they tag teamed it. Were they fighting the fire with water? I feel like that would be counterproductive somehow. Uh, I believe so. Because you're trying to put mm. it out enough. Wait, aren't okay. you not supposed to put water on oil fires? Well, I was thinking, yeah, like grease fires, you're supposed to use baking soda. But like, where would you find that much baking soda is my next question. Unless put- there's an Arm & Hammer factory in Cleveland that no one knew about. And then like, yeah, that's probably how they did it. But- this happened on February Second, by uh, Monday, February 5th, they're still pouring water on fires. It has broken up to a bunch of small fires. At what point do you not look at yourself and say, we've been doing this for three days and hasn't done anything. Maybe we try a different approach. I think they got it under control. They were just trying to put out little baby fires before it became more big fires. Bilbo. Do you want to guess how much it costs in losses? I'm terrible at math. And I'm going to be wrong anyway, so I'm going to go with a no. But thank you for asking if I would like to guess. I just want to get you a t-shirt that said no, but thank you for asking. <laughs> I'm going to politely decline that request. Thank or you. a button for you to wear at work. Oh, I would wear the shit out of that button. So, damage. Nine large storage tanks, 30 stills. I'm assuming not of alcohol. And no, others... I bet it was. That's depressing, then. Because the rest of this wasn't? I mean, I've had some wine. I wish I had some Burning River (laughs) beer, but I don't have it. Oh, I'm running on decaf coffee right now because I'm 80. Okay. And other standard oil property. Uh, So standard oil alone had lost between 350,000 and 300,000 in losses with other buildings, buildings, other businesses lost about uh 500,000. So that's a total about $800,000 in uh back then like 18 now that's 93 totally. money. Yeah, that's a lot. But so just imagine time, a shit ton like of money. Go first. Your oil that you're dumping out into the river 
that catches on fire, like maybe your buildings deserve to go up in flames just a little. Ashley, are you an eco-terrorist? Do you need to tell us something? I mean, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> I realized how that came off, but it's not like they had nothing. Like, they were also culpable. Like, it's their oil. Are you like, going to take on student No, you- I'm just saying, you could have solved this problem yourself before it even happened, and then you didn't, and then you walked around looking like shocked Pikachu when all this <laughs> shit goes up in flames. Like, of course. Cause and effect, motherfucker. Is it a shock detective Pikachu or just regular Pikachu? Just regular Pikachu for now. I'm sure the next one is going to be like Detective Pikachu. I look forward to it. I just had to ask for Rachel. You know. I know. So, there was another fire in 1984. Mm -hmm. And the largest fire was in 1952. Guess how much money and damages it cost? A shitload. I would like a number, please. And I would like to not have to work tomorrow, but neither of those things is going to happen. One million dollars. <laughs> boats, Wait, a bridge. Cat? You actually have if a cat, gonna, so that's fair. I know. If I'm going to do the one million dollars thing, I'm going to rope Luna into doing it with me. She likes me, so it's all good. Uh, there was damages to boats. <laughs> a bridge, and a riverfront office building. So, this fire occurred between the old Jefferson Street Bridge in Tremont, and pretty much after the fire, it was closed for years until it tore down. I believe there is a picture, and I will post these, of a sad bridge. I did not save the picture of the sad bridge. I am sorry. Whoa, look at that guy's hand. Yes. So, By 1952, fires were not front-page news in Cleveland. Ashley, are you you judging my city? I mean, not judging the city, but, like, judging the river for being on fire so many times that, like, the entire city just kind of looked at it and went, hmm, yep, it's Thursday, and, like, carried on with their lives. You clearly have never been to Cleveland. You're right, I have not. I've driven around it one time. Rude. So, November 3rd, 1952, the Plain Dealer reported that it was the most serious of many fires to take place on the Cuyahoga River, but it was probably on, like, page 11 or something like that. <laughs> Not even top 10. I love No. It. No. Uh, do you want to guess what year the most fatal fire happened? Hint, it's before 1952. 1952? Yeah, before 1952. Then I don't know. 1912. There I mean, was a- that was. You could have given me a much more pointed clue. Nope. Before 1952, that's pretty broad for something that happened a solid 40 years before the number you're giving me. I was going like 1950, but no. Nope. So the fire that occurred in 1912 had a documented five deaths. That's a lot for an a river fire. A river, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. As a whole hand. You're not wrong. Thank you. So in this hundred years between the first river fire and the last one, Cleveland had been known as a major industrial center. But in the 1960s, it pretty much halted because of the countries leaning up on the reliance on industrialized manufacturing. On top of that, what was left uh, for manufacturing in Cleveland 
matched its lack of sewer and waste disposal regulations in the littering of the Cuyahoga River. Mm. So the river was pretty much not used for recreational purposes. It was a river of sludge. I mean, that makes sense, though. Who looks out and sees an oil river and goes, yep, I want to take my kids out on that? No, of course not. Yeah. So, quote, companies like Standard Oil didn't even use pipes to get the oil down the hill. They just dig a ditch at the bottom and roll it down the hill, end quote, said Jane Goodman, who was the executive director of Cuyahoga River Restoration. How are you feeling, Ashley? Pissed off. Okay, let's you're, talk about... You're, like, you're so lazy that you're not even going to put in a pipe. You're just going to, like, roll it down a hill and call it a day. Really? Fucking really? Industry. Put in a pipe. You use a pipe. Industry. I'm not saying progress. That's not progress. That's bullshit. In 1967, Cleveland elected their first black city mayor, Carl Stokes. You go, Cleveland. Did he inherit a great city? No. I mean, no. He inherited a garbage fire that would soon culminate in a river fire, but still. Somewhat literally. (laughs) So, let's list the problems and just continue to drink until you feel better about this. Quote, spreading slums, increasing crime, declining tax duplicate, rising infant mortality and literacy, illiteracy rates air and water pollution, and the mountain mounting tensions between the races, end quote. How do you feel now, Ashley? Well, I mean, like, the racial tension, that's... I mean, I'm from Boston, so, you know. You're but from like, Dayton. Let's not try to be fancy as fuck. Okay, still, though. I heard dildo. I said still, though. Not my fault. You got your mind in the gutter with the petroleum thing. What's the word? Drum. That's the word I was looking for. I will fight you. I know where you live. (laughs) So on top of all this fun problems that Stokes inherits, uh, there's a major exodus of residents. So that's why they have no money, because no taxes, and taxes pay for shit. There's your civic lesson of the week. Boom. So we're just going to go based on the decade. So Cleveland, the actual city, not the suburbs had a population of 915,000 in 1950, and they went all the way down to 876,000 in 1960. That's a shit ton. That's a big drop, yeah. Mm -hmm. On top of it, by the 1970s, we have uh, 750,903 people living in Cleveland. Is that like standard urban sprawl, or is that also like white flight bullshit? A little bit of white flight bullshit. And, you know, the African-American population increased as well in this period. So it's getting cheaper to move into the city. So African-American populations move in. White populations are fleeing, which is kind of dumb. And the city also lost 80,000 jobs in the 60s. Although with no budget to pay them, like makes sense yeah so industry out jobs out population down so stokes then goes to the mayor's house and uh well really this is just a metaphor for what he inherited he was the owner of a dilapidated house where previous owners had neglected it 
and finally abandoned it, and he had no money for repairs. Basically inherited I mean, a Scooby-Doo house, and he's trying to fix it up with, like, $5. Relatable. Most of the wealthier citizens lived in the suburbs, but they weren't coming downtown at night because they were afraid of dying, and that Ooh, caused mortal. That caused the downtown area to die. I'm not gonna lie, both of my parents are from the suburbs. I grew up mostly in the suburbs of Cleveland, but you know, can't help that. So, in July, on July 18th, 1966, there was the riots in Hoff which was sparked by a racial slur from a white owner of a cafe in a black neighborhood. But really, it stemmed from problems with the school system that went back all the way to the 1950s because there was a second great migration of black families into Cleveland from the South, and the school system was not prepared for that. So really, we're just, like, we're just slowly building this pot with some spices of segregation, um, lack of funds, lack of jobs. Let's continue with the school district. If you live on the Black East Side, which is actually where I went to elementary school, you were sent to overcrowded schools with inferior teachers and high student-to-teacher ratios. You could expect delays in kindergarten for almost 2,000 students and half-day attendance in elementary schools because they did not have enough classes or teacher. Meanwhile, on the West Side... There were 165 empty classrooms in 1961. What the fuck? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I went to elementary school at a suburb on the east side of Cleveland. And granted, it's like you're 20 minutes away from downtown. So it's a pretty close suburb. And it wasn't like this. But my brother got us into a magnet school. So it was a little nicer. I'm not going to lie. My mom made us part of white flight because she was like, your brother can go to the middle school where there's a security guard, but my daughters can't, which is sexist. <laughs> as well as... I mean, also, yes. It just, it reminds me of, like, I mean, there's no good solution for that, because, like, if you try to do the thing where, like, you fill those empty classrooms with, like, kids from the underprivileged neighborhoods, you run into the busing thing that happened in Boston City Schools, except for probably yeah. not as bad, because not everyone is as crazy and racist as my beloved hometown is. So, you know, but still. Yeah, so... There's, there's not a great solution to that, but there's you can't just not try for one. Yeah. And Stokes really did try, but he was, hel- he was like, given a shit sandwich. He was No, he wasn't even given a shit sandwich, which, if you don't know what it is, it's the best way I was ever described when you write for grading. You tell someone something good they did, and then just basically like, this is everything you need to prove and it's shit. And then here's something nice you did. He was literally given a bowl of shit. He didn't even get the nice Beautiful. part. Beautiful. So this situation caused the United... Ah! This situation caused the United Freedom Movement, which was a coalition of 30 civil rights groups. You pissed off 30 civil rights groups enough that they made a coalition to picket the Board yeah, of Education that's building. mad. Yeah. Carrying... Uh, signs demanding that ghetto schools must go. It was a mixed crowd, but you know, they still had to deal with other issues in the city. Let's say it's the summer in Cleveland, Ashley. Do you know what the summer in Cleveland's like? Probably sweaty and gross, much like the rest of Ohio. 
Yeah, it's humid. It's hot as fuck. There's midges. Not midgets, but they're also called Canadian soldiers. They're tiny bugs. They're annoying <laughs> as hell. Canadian soldiers. I love it. And all they do is be annoying. Yeah. They don't bite you or anything. They just kind and, of float around at head level. And then you walk into them and they're gross. And when we lived in Euclid, we had to actually... My dad, every summer when they would come, would power wash our house to get dead bugs off our house. When I worked next to the lake, oh my God, it was the worst because you couldn't escape them because I couldn't get off the lifeguard chair. I had one fly behind my sunglasses and attack no. my adult. Mm-hmm. No, what? No. That was the year they were really bad. But Ooh. imagine, just think of what we described the river as. Where does the Cuyahoga River go? Right through the sweaty shithole of Cleveland. Yeah, I bet the which body of water, but sure. Oh, well, yeah, to the lake. Sorry. I see where you're <laughs> going with that. Uh, you're so, just giving me another opportunity to sit on your city. <laughs> I was just going to take it. You are your father's child. Love you. <laughs> and that's just because your father is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, which we're not talking about. Oh, yeah. So I'm if it's hot. Sure he listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> so. If it's hot in the summer, you want to go swimming, but you can't go swimming in Lake Erie because untreated sewage uh, set bacteria well above a thousand, the number that is considered safe by people who judge the levels of safeness of water. And also you have the fact that, in case you didn't know, here's a fun fact for you. Actually, this is actually a fun fact. The Great Lakes are actually a giant river system. So anything that occurs in one lake slowly moves its way down into the Atlantic Ocean. So what's, you know, upstream so of Cleveland? Lake Lake Erie gets all the other Great Lake bullshit before it all goes out to the ocean. Yes. Beautiful. We are the harbor of the Great Lakes bullshit. <laughs> please have the please lobby for them to put that on like the welcome to Cleveland sign. No. We finally have a nice city. <laughs> so yes, for how long? Nothing is on fire yet. So what's upstream yeah. of Cleveland? You know, Toledo with its steel <laughs> mills and Detroit, that cesspool with its cars putting BS into our lake. I, I feel like of all the cities to not piss off, maybe Detroit is number one because, like, they have nothing left to lose. Like, maybe be nice to them. No, that's Flint. Also, yes, <laughs> but, like, Detroit, too. Eh. Detroit will cut a bitch. I'm from Cleveland. I'll cut a bitch. I have a murder van that parks outside my front door every day. Beautiful. So, of the 62 beaches along Lake Erie on the U.S. side, how many do you think were rated safe for swimming? In the 60s. Two. Three. You were very close. <sighs> because even if you were waiting, and this is why when you said it, it, it won't get to the bottom, there were 30,000 sludge worms carpeting each square yard ew. of the lake bottom. Ew, 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 ew. What? Do you need to take a shower yet? I need to go wash my feet. Just bleach your body. Um, <laughs> pretty much no one swam with swim in the lake and they just saw beach clothes signs all around i'm i'm still hung up on sludge worms i didn't know that was a thing please google sludge worms 
No, I have. I will not. You sure? Yeah. Okay. So in 1968, Mayor Stokes decided to have a wacky experiment and pretty much were planning to have a swimming pool in the lake set up on White Beach on the east side, on the far east side. Never heard of White Beach, so I'm going to assume this went well. <laughs> I just like that they called it White Beach, but like, didn't you say that the east side is where most of the not white population was? So the far east side, I'm going to assume, is probably going to be closer to Fairport Harbor, which is pretty Scandinavian and white. Okay. The farther away from just- Cleveland you go... The whiter it gets, it's like Ohio. When you look, <laughs> you, I'm sorry, but when you look at Ohio on the Electoral College maps, you can tell where the yeah. cities are, and oh, then you yeah. can just assume everywhere else is white. There's like five counties that always pull blue, and everything else is just a sea of red. Yeah, yeah. And those five counties are like two in Columbus, two in Cleveland one Cincinnati and sometimes Montgomery and Dayton but like that never stays blue and sometimes Akron well yeah we're not gonna count Youngstown so what do you think a swimming pool in the lake looks like I I don't think it looks like anything I don't think they got very far with it at all oh no they did they (laughs) they hung a weighted vinyl curtains on from pontoons floating did it floating in the lake to create off a little safe beach area and then they doused it with chlorine to make it safe oh my god that is so trashy hey ashley not enough chlorine in the world i'm ignoring sludge worms not enough chlorine in the world you get rid of sludge worms you want some sludge worms no stop saying sludge worms i'll hang up the phone right fucking now so, Lake Erie is in danger of dying from suffocation because there's so much shit that the actual lake cannot breathe because the whole ecosystem is just like, no! I was not aware that lakes could breathe, but I am worried for her now. Well, think about it. It's like any body of water. If you, like, even if you keep, you know, moving and you can't, like, you're, the ecosystem can't do its job, it's going to die. Remember, there are no fish. Mm, that's true. Still? When was so, the study done? 68. Okay. Are you okay. ready? For, all right. Yeah. Are you ready? With all that knowledge, are you ready for another fire? Is anyone ever really ready for a fire? No. It was a Sunday, June 22nd, 1969. The best year. We went to the moon in 1969. Okay, I'm, I'm good. You're not even drinking. No, but that is an Even Stevens classic, and I will never let that year pass by without singing it in my head or otherwise. I appreciate you. So, you go. the Cuyahoga River caught fire for the 13th, the unlucky 13th time in its history depending on, you know, whether fires were actually counted and or reported. But still, the 13th time, like the 13th year if we're going with Disney Channel original movies. Cannot stress enough. That is a double-digit number. Yes. We don't half-ass things in Cleveland. Too many. That's too many. 
Do you want to guess what started this fire, Ashley? Billy Joel. <laughs> he did not start the fire. <laughs> there are some references know. later on, Ashley. Get with the he, program. He protests too much. I think he did. Well, there was a slick of oily debris floating down the river when near the steel uh, Republic Steel operations, a spark from an overhead rail car flew down and caught the oil slick on fire. Who is still using cable cars in 1969? Oh, Dayton uses them now. Okay, never mind. Proceed. Well, no, it's a it's a railroad. There's just a railroad bridge. A little sparky spark okay. floated down. Now it whoosh. As they are wont to do. As they are wont. So, the giant flaming patch floats down the Cuyahoga River. <laughs> running into uh, a wooden bridge. Uh, and uh, gets really close to two key railroad trestles and sets them on fire. Good. Fire! So, we have the wooden railroad trusses on fire. Metal. It's so metal, it possibly reaches five stories. That's how tall the fire got. According to Battalion 7 Fire Chief Bernard E. Campbell, as interviewed by the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Ashley, how do you feel about that? Five-story fire. Four stories too many. That's about... One story. um, One story is acceptable. Five stories was too many. It was like 60 feet tall. That's a very high fire. So yeah. they got the fireboat out to battle the flames. Yeah. Yeah. Still just picturing all of them with Thomas the Tank Engine's face on them. Yeah. With fire trucks and firemen controlling the fires from the side to make sure that the you know city won't burn down. And they got the fire under control. The bridge, which belonged to Norfolk and Western Railway Company, sustained... $4,500 in damage, damages enclosed both of its tracks, which for Cleveland is pretty significant because we use the railroad a fuck ton. The other uh, track, which was a one-track trestle, remained open. It did receive $5,000 of damages to the timbers, but Newburgh and South Shore Railroad Company determined it was fine. Do you want to guess how many pictures were taken of the fire? Probably a lot. If it's that big. None. What the fuck, Cleveland? <laughs> Come on. You can't give me one picture of a giant monster fire devouring your city. That is the only thing I want in this world. But no. Can't. So by the time local uh, photographers arrived, the fire was out. Because it only took about half an hour. Too efficient. I'm going to need you to suck a little bit more at your job. Because they couldn't get a good shot of the river on fire what did they do did they draw it or reenact it no they just took old pictures oh and passed them off as like modern pictures the question is who's passing them off the plain dealer and uh cleveland press only ran pictures of the fireboats hosing down the railroad ties that were warped by the flames meanwhile responsible the photo, other photos you see, like the one that says it's 04 in 1952, and these will all be up on uh, Facebook. I'm working to get everything up. Uh, that's probably the most famous one, or some of them of the river actually burning where you said it looked like magma. Those are ones that were published in uh, 
Time Magazine in August 1st, on August 1st, because uh, they couldn't get a great photo. But it was evidence of the 1969 fire, which no one actually said was that bad. <laughs> That's how bad it had gotten that we're like, eh, no one died, not too much damage, it's fine. It's fine. You know. And Ashley, as you've known me now for probably eight years... Isn't that kind of the Cleveland attitude? Yeah. yeah, isn't that kind of the Cleveland attitude though? Toward pretty much everything, yeah. Like no one died. It's fine. People throw shit at you and Cleveland's like, eh, it could be worse. So mostly time and other big news sources pulled from the River Blaze of 1952, which was the most damage causing fire. So this is really where Cleveland gets the nickname kind of like the mistake by the lake, the dirty, the city with the river that catches on fire, all of these nicknames. Ashley, if you want to go, I'm going to give you a a 30 second pass to name Cleveland nicknames and I will not yell at you. I'm just going to say like some of them are catchier than others. Like mistake by the lake, that rhymes. The one with the river that catches on fire, like we can do better. It's accurate, but we can do better. You don't have any more? Not off the top of my head, my dad always just calls it Mistake by the Lake. There's not a lot of variety there. No. <laughs> so, the 1969 fire actually did not make news. It was on page 11C of the Plain Dealer. And not did not section A. Oh, it I didn't have it. a byline. Of course not. It's not news. They're like, oh, the river's on fire again. Hey, intern, write this up. <laughs> uh... You there. Can you read? All right. The piece is yours. The Cleveland Press did the same thing. They had a one-paragraph caption on the story. Quote, the 1969 fire wasn't a huge story at first, but when we start seeing EPA hearings, the rising environmental movement, and a big time story on the environmental and on, on the environment that focused on the Cuyahoga River, end quote, says Cleveland historian John Grabowski um, to the Plain Dealer. Also, very Cleveland ethnic name. <laughs> Time really dug in like a Dateline story to the city, painting pictures. <laughs> yes? I just like that comparison, that's all. They painted Cleveland as a grim city with its burning river. Quote, some river, chocolate, brown, oily, bubbling with subsurface gases, it oozes rather than flows. Anyone who falls into the Cuyahoga does not drown a Cleveland. Cleveland citizens joke grimly. Key to K's. The Federal Water Pollution Control Administration dryly notes the lower Cuyahoga River has no visible life, not even low forms such as leeches and sludge worms that usually thrive on waste. It is also literally a fire hazard. A few weeks ago, the oil slicked River burst into flames and burned with such intensity that two railroad bridges spanning it were nearly destroyed. Quote, what a terrible reflection on our city. End quote. <laughs> Cleveland Mayor Carl Stokes, sadly, end quote. <clears throat> so the Times reporter had some fun, used I mean, some adjectives. The imagery there just makes me think of Willy Wonka, where he's talking about the Chocolate Brown River, and I'm just thinking about. Augustus Gloop. I won't lie. It always shocks me when bodies of water aren't a weird shade of green. (laughs) But that's just me. 
Ben Stefanski said, quote, Carl became a national spokesman. He went to Washington. He was before Congress. He was from Cleveland, that the city that had dirty water. Plus, he was a black person. So he represented that whole community that was the inner city that lived along the lakes and the rivers, end quote. So really, Cleveland was lucky that they had Stokes to push the issue. He was a minority. He was willing to fight Congress to get the river back into shape. And he had his brother, U.S. Representative Lewis Stokes, to push for federal involvement in pollution control. Because the river was so bad. And if the river's bad, that means the lake's bad as well. So there's no respite for the city. On top of that, they both pushed for the passage of the Clean Water Act of 1972. But first, but first, they really were pushing for the Environmental Protection Agency, which was established in 1970. So if you're really happy about the EPA, thank Cleveland, because our river caught on fire and people are like, what the fuck? Water should not catch on fire. We need to do something about that. Direct result. Gotta love it. With the Environmental Protection Agency, we also got Earth Day. So hug the Earth. Earth Day. The first one. Elaine Marsh uh, was helping set up the Sierra Club at Akron University. Really not expecting that big of a group to come out to celebrate Earth Day. You know, it's the first time of a weird federal holiday. You don't expect people. But people kept showing up. She said, quote, church groups, school groups, Cub Scouts, Girl Scouts. It was really amazing. I thought it was going to be four or five tables of people I knew, you know, the usual suspects. And I was really astonished to see all these people who are so interested and active, end quote. So the perk of this attention from the river catching on fire had really sparked a new generation of environmentalists. Pun not intended, but I'll take it. On on top of that, our new federal agency, the EPA, decided to go around and photograph pollution in America. So we have so many photographs of the Cuyahoga River in the 70s because of this. If you're interested, look up Documerica, the Environmental Protection Agency's program to photographically document subjects of environmental concern 1972 to 1977 so they have a lot of pictures of what the river looked like at that point jane goodman the executive director of the cuyahoga river restoration said quote cleaning up the cuyahoga hasn't just required cleaning up the water we also have these brownfield places contaminated fields that need cleaned up because there was oil and chemical dumping in the land around the river end quote so like I said, and like Ashley was raged about, if you just dig, say, a ditch to take your oil into the river, it's going to slowly absorb into the soil and contaminate the soil. And that takes a while to clean up. So anyone who fishes or hunts knows that the EPA and wildlife associations count the number of fish, birds, deer, all of that. Well, in the mid 80s, the EPA goes out to count fish in the middle to lower section of the Cuyahoga River, so closer to the river, uh, the river's outpouring into the lake. Really the worst polluted section between Akron and Cleveland, again, 
I remember Akron's known as the rubber city, so just imagine the pollution. Ashley, do you want to guess how many fish they came back with? Seven. Ten? Total. Still better than zero. And the species they came back with were, you want to guess? Mutated beyond recognition. (laughs) Actually, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was joking, but okay. No, no. Most of them were the gizzard shad, which can survive in the most polluted water, but were really deformed or mutated. The gizzard chat? Yeah, what kind of a name is that? Yeah. Like, that sounds like the world's ugliest fucking fish. I don't know. Have you seen Sorry. the sturgeon? I, well, that's true. Okay. That's a dinosaur fish. So the EPA crews have gone back recently because they were like, we're getting reports of really high counts of fish and such in the river. They caught 40 different species of fish in the river. Whoa. And I know. Do you want to know how I know there's a lot of fish in the river? Ow. My brother likes to go fly fishing. In the river? Yeah. No, he goes a lot of places. But he likes to fish around northeast Ohio because he likes to fish for steelhead trout and northern pike and other clean water fish. 1969, the Cuyahoga River fire caused the northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District to invest over... billion towards purification of the river and to develop new sewer systems to help with that process. And basically, the city of Cleveland for the next 30 years will endow over $5 billion to upkeep that wastewater system because we don't want this shit haunting us. Literally. Literally. The river is now home to over 60 different species of fish. There has not been another river fire since 1969. There is also yearly waste management programs to ensure the sanitation of the waterways. Good for you, Cleveland. Also, we got songs out of that. (laughs) I know you said songs, but like I heard songs and it was like I was confused for a minute. Do you want to guess (laughs) who the first song was by? No. I'm assuming not Billy Joel, but that's the only answer I can come up with. Randy Newman. Really? Burn on. Mm. I I don't know how the song goes, so I'm not going to sing it, but I will. Why are you laughing at me, Ashley? I mean, it's Randy Newman. We can all imagine how the song goes. Okay, so the Randy Newman song, Burn On. There's a red moon rising on the Cuyahoga River, rolling into Cleveland to the lake. There's an oil barge winding down the Cuyahoga River, rolling into Cleveland to the lake. So, and that repeats a couple times. So, you know, great stuff for Cleveland. Are you ready for the second song? Yeah. It's called Cuyahoga. Do you want to guess who wrote it? No. Do you want me to attempt to sing it for you? Yes. Just because I love you, Ashley. Thank you. And we've been through so much. If you want to hear some fun Ashley Courtney stories, because Ashley's been helping me out with Patreon, subscribe to the Patreon, because each Patreon episode is going to start pretty much with a fun story of our friendship. They're worth it. R.E.M.'s Cuyahoga. Oh, <laughs> I don't know how to sing this. I've never heard this song. Okay, don't worry about it. Let's do the next one. It's okay. Rewriting the book and rule the pages. Saving face, secured in faith, 
Barry, burn the waste behind you. This land is the land of ours. This river runs red over it. We are not your allies. We cannot defend. This is where they walked. This is where they swam. Take a picture here. Take a souvenir. Cuyahoga, Cuyahoga gone. Cuyahoga, Cuyahoga gone. I mean, that sounds like the ranting of an angry ghost. But then, you know, R.E.M., like, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, pretty much. So, Ashley, like it, are you ready for some uh, thank you reviews? Sure. We are so far behind, but we have not done reviews since before I moved to Washington State, which was in May. <laughs> Coming up on a year ago, you know, it was fine. It's not but, like, quite a year. about it, uh, almost. But, like, you took, there was, like, a break, and then, like, yeah, you know. Yeah, okay. It's a whole thing. We got some hearts from a paranormal chicks. Uh, oh. Mama D9. Justin from Obscura. Loki were super. Miss Bonnie Lee. Minamanamana from Finland. Somehow I feel like that's not how you say it. I am 100% sure. But it's a, that's a solid effort, though. That's not Hopefully how you say though. it. Hopefully they'll understand and appreciate. The Human Jesse, Dark Divide Pod, Paragriffalon, Moose Shroot, and I hope that's a relation to uh, Dwight Shroot. <laughs> Dwight. <laughs> Deconstructing uh, Damsels, which I'm pretty sure gave me one of the most interesting reads yet. Kelly Cat 3 which is Heather from Nature vs. Narcissism and Status Pending who has been on the podcast, and I think I'm going to be on hers again. H.K. Birch, who wanted to know the return of Cult of Domesticity, which we did return with occasional Ashley um, flavor. (laughs) What? NRI Woman. Oh, I love this one. Lavender Flames, which I love lavender. And then Mm -hmm. Kelly from boobies and newbies which is my new favorite obsession which i forced you to listen to you did it was great ashley do you have anything you want to add not really i don't know i'm boring now so thank you for coming back to help me out thank you for doing an excellent topic love it it was so good ashley's always my woman in a clutch you make me sound like you keep me in a purse somewhere which, yeah, fair. It describes our friendship so much. <laughs> and we'll be back next week. Okay, bye! Bye! Hi, I'm Jamie, host of Murderish, a true crime podcast that provides a 3D look at gripping murder cases from beginning to end. You'll get to know the victims and perpetrators, how their worlds collided, and what went down during trial. I also share some of my own personal experiences, like the time a stranger came into my bedroom at night. Yeah, that really happened. And I walk you through all the details of that terrifying night. Have you ever wanted to be a fly on the wall during a murder trial? You'll get that opportunity on Murderish, as I share my experience being a jury foreman on a first-degree murder trial. Search Murderish in your favorite podcatcher app, hit subscribe, and start binging. And remember, listening to this podcast doesn't make you a murderer. It just means you're murder-ish.
Hi, I'm Barney Black. And I'm Tara Saravan. And we do Bloody Murder. We're a weekly true crime podcast that focuses on some of the lesser-known crime stories from Australia. And indeed around the globe. We're a comedy podcast with a dark sense of humour. But we're dead serious about murder and the people it affects. We find humour in some unexpected places. But never at the expense of the victims or their families. We've been described as the blue cheese of podcasting. Addictive, strong and satisfying. And a bit stinky. I am not. You know you are. Bloody Murder is available on your favourite podcatcher. ...of domesticity. We're available on all podcatchers. Remember to rate, review, subscribe to help spread the word or just force other people to listen to it. Our Facebook and Twitter are at Domestic Podcasts and our Instagram is at The Cult of Domesticity. We also have podcast merch at Threadless. Uh, as well, if you want to support us financially or show some appreciation, we have a PayPal tip jar and a Patreon, which has some pretty great perks. Any topic suggestions, feel free to email us at domesticpodcast at gmail.com. Remember to stay domestic and cult-free.